0: One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time. Screen
1: time. Screen time. Screen time.
0: It's my screen time too. Screen time. Screen time Hello screen and welcome time, to It's My Screen, screen, screen Time Too, the podcast where two moms have decided that watching cartoons is a legit self-care strategy. I'm Deborah and I'm Katie, and I have three kids. I have five-year-old twins named Libby and Nate, and an eight-year-old named Tony
1: and I have one kid. He's almost three. His name is Jay. They're so adorable, right? They are so adorable, and you know, we just like to get the mom stuff over with early in the podcast so we don't have to talk about it again, Um, but we like to share a little story about something particularly adorable or awful our kids have done during the week. So, Deborah, have your kids done anything particularly adorable or awful this week?
0: Um, Well, Libby and Nate, we were just at Um, this place my parents are moving into and there's a little pond out front with like a hiking, walking trail around the pond and it's pretty small so you can see like across the pond and Libby and Nate ran around it a couple times which is kind of far for them and then later they asked if they could have quote unquote twin time again because they really enjoyed being together just the two of them on their own And number one, I was like, your whole life is twin time. (laughs) When is it not twin time? And I think it just meant like they didn't want, like they were happy to not have an adult with them. Uh So I was also like, definitely we're doing this again. (laughs) Thumbs up to twin time.
1: But it was cute. They've
0: never like called it that before, which it was
1: super adorable, I thought. I like kids that prefer a good alliteration. Yeah. (laughs) How about Jay? Oh, my gosh. Jay had his first ever dance recital on Saturday night. (laughs) Yay. It was so hilariously adorable because he is the youngest one in his class. It's just like a preschool class. They don't let the parents watch the rehearsals, so I'm not 100% sure what they're learning, pretty sure they're just running around to music the whole time during lessons Uh, so this was really the first time I got to see him in all of his dance glory and it was it was pretty cute I mean like I said he's not even three years old yet so it takes him a really long time to like coordinate what his brain wants to do with what he or what his brain is telling his body to do so he Mm -hmm. was always like you know, a couple measures behind the other kids as far as, like, when he does his shuffle step or whatever, but oh my gosh, I just, I can't get over how adorable it was.
0: Good, good, good. So, are are you hungry? (laughs) Any fruits and vegetables?
1: For some nutritious, for some nutritious snacks? Maybe. Only if they can't talk back to me.
0: Good, because we're discussing today... Apple and Onion, Yay. a show on Cartoon Network, which is, we think, a first for us. I think so. Um, so Apple and Onion is a series created by George Gandy, and it's about an apple and an onion <laughs> who move to the big city. They find one another and become friends, and it's just about their little... Adventures and foibles and challenges and solutions. And every character in this show is an anthropomorphized food. Some are raw ingredients like apple and onion, and some are like a coffee or falafel.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cheeseburger. So it's, it's, we've got a whole variety of foods and their uh, corresponding personalities.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is really, I think, the key
1: to this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why, why did we pick it? <laughs> well, you know, we often talk about when we're making the show that there aren't a lot of resources out there for reviews of kids shows or telling us in like a concise way what we should be looking out for um as far as new stuff on the horizon and often the site that the only site that we can turn to is common sense media um so I was just browsing their list they had a list of like the best new kids shows and this was on there and I had never heard of it so I was kind of intrigued
0: and it looked cute the drawings are very cute
1: agreed so. and plus like to- like Deborah said, we have never watched anything from the Cartoon Network before, so it was a little bit of a blind spot for us, right? Right.
0: So we started with the pilot, season one, episode one, A New Life. This is not the pilot that aired in 2016. That was a really short short called The Lift. Did you watch it? Uh, I watched it. It was really cute. Oh, okay. Um, And so A New Life is the first one in the 2018 full season. We also watched episode six, four on one, and episode 10, Black Party. So we'll go through the episodes one by one, and then we'll move on to our more general thoughts.
1: Okay, so this was kind of tough to summarize. So it's only like an 11-minute episode, And I, I can give you the short version or the long version. So the short version is just that Apple and Onion move to the big city and they're not moving together. They don't know each other yet. So they move to the big city and they meet one another and they decide to become roommates and move in together. And a major plot point is that Apple loses the address to the place he's supposed to live. So the culmination of the episode is them retrieving this address and being happy that they have somewhere to live. So that's the short version. I don't know (laughs) that I need to go into the long version because I was writing it out and I'm like, this might be a Hobbit situation where like my summary would take longer to read than the 11 minutes of the episode. Yeah, a lot happened. Yeah. Yeah. They, a lot happens. They packed a lot of action in there, uh, but I don't know that we need to go through it one by one. Do you want? Uh, what do you think?
0: Should we just talk about our favorite parts?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Okay.
0: So, who's worse off when they get to the big city, oh. Apple or
1: Onion? Oh, I gotta think it's Onion because of his attitude. Like everything goes wrong for Apple, but he seems happy throughout. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. Onion, it just starts out as kind of a sad sack, and then everything goes wrong for him, too, and you're like, oh, man, yeah, Onion, you've got it rough.
0: <laughs> yeah, Onion just really wants to make friends, mm-hmm.
1: and he try- he tries,
0: and he has a good heart, but he-, he makes so many mistakes.
1: Oh, he really, really does, and the funny thing is, both of them, in making these mistakes, and... kind of deviating from the path that was set for them, they end up doing really nice things for other anthropomorphized food, who I will henceforth just refer to as people, because (laughs) I guess I think of them that way. And really, I think they were the standouts of the episodes that we watched, end of this episode in particular. My favorite, favorite moment was right at the beginning, when Apple blows a large portion of his money on, $65. T- <laughs> on like a ridiculous amount of ice cream from an ice cream truck. And he immediately meets a piece of bacon frying on the hot sidewalk. And she's so miserable. And he goes, I know how to cool you down. And he just dumps all of his ice cream on her. And it was oh. so sweet and like such a perfect use, a perfect funny use of the, uh, anthropomorphized food concept.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was really cute. Um, and from that same ice cream truck onion buys a popsicle and he thinks he's going to impress his new boss. Cause he moved to the city because he got a good job, but the popsicle melts while, while he's waiting to meet his boss he gets it all over his hands, and then his boss comes in. And we should say that all of the people in this show have British accents.
1: Well, at least oh, Apple and Onion.
0: Apple and Onion do. The boss, who's a cup of coffee, has an American accent, <laughs> and he's a real D-bag. <laughs> yeah, it's not very nice at all. And uh, Onion gets the melted popsicle stickiness on his Boss's like cup insulator.
1: <laughs> Which is and like then... weirdly specific and perfect that the boss's sweater is a coffee cup insulator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then Onion goes,
0: he's supposed to take it to the dry cleaner. He takes it to a laundromat. A giant canister of whey powder is <laughs> <has> trying <laughs> to do a steam jersey laundry and then onion offers to let him put the jerseys in with the boss's delicate wool coffee insulator sweater (laughs) so he ruins it but he helps out way who in turn helps him out at the end of the show
1: and he was another one of my favorites he was second to the frying bacon on the sidewalk because he was like a a muscle-bound jock kind of figure
0: (laughs) and he's a container of protein powder it's hilarious (laughs) deep voice muscular arms
1: not the sharpest pencil in the box yep
0: (laughs) that was good um did you feel like they assigned the right characteristics to the foods
1: um in those in the the cases of bacon and whey is that what you called him I just when I wrote him down in my notes I called him muscle milk but (laughs) In the case of those two, I thought, yes. As far as apple and onion, I feel like you couldn't be as one note with how their personalities were if you were going to focus on them for the whole show. But Mm -hmm. I guess apple seems like he's pretty much an optimist and an apple seems like a fundamentally optimistic fruit. Right. (laughs) Apple a day keeps the doctor away. Exactly. Exactly. Sure. It's what you put on your teacher's desk when you want to be a suck up. Mm-hmm. Um, and onions are like they grow underground. They seem a little more cautious. So, I can kind of I can kind of see that. How about you?
0: I thought it was pre- I thought it was pretty well done. Yeah. I didn't object to the way that any of the personalities matched the foods. I did like at the end that it, it turned out to be a fable, which I was not really expecting. Because like, Apple and Onion do all these nice things for other people. And then in the end, all these people that they helped turn out to help them retrieve Apple's backpack, which has the address where he's going to live in it, which he had left hanging from like the rearview mirror of the ice cream truck at the beginning of the episode. And there was just like so much that went wrong for these guys. And they were so clueless but nice about it I was happy that it worked out yeah and it wasn't like a lot of kids shows that end with like a lesson about how you should act are really predictable and this was not
1: at all predictable I thought agreed it was almost the lesson itself that like you were saying was the nice surprise Mm -hmm. so suffice to say that we were fans of the pilot definitely Should we move on? Sure. Episode six.
0: Four on one. So it starts out with a hamburger and a hot dog. Invite Apple and Onion to play in a four on four basketball tournament. And Onion has this flashback to when he was just a wee Onion. And his dad is like encouraging him to shoot hoops. Tells him he's really talented. Um, But then when it comes time for the basketball tournament, it turns out that Onion just freezes every time he has to make a basket. He has, like, severe performance anxiety. He tries to get over it in a number of ways that don't work at all. And then finally he does some meditative breathing (laughs) and has this flashback again, gets through whatever is holding him back and he's able to make the crucial shot in the game and he does not get replaced by
1: jumbo dog (laughs) who is a giant fraud anyway (laughs) Mm -hmm. so what did you think i really loved the depiction of onion's inner critic Like he has these four onions in his brain that like they show you. And the four onions are always like, you can't do this. Why did you ever think you could? Why are we even here? What are you thinking? And Mm -hmm. uh, as someone who has an active inner critic of my own, I really liked that depiction. Mm -hmm. I thought it was great and very relatable. There were some little throwaway bits that I really love. For some reason, instead of saying nothing but net, which is the classic phrase that you use when someone is really good at shooting baskets right
0: Mm-hmm.
1: right apple says nothing but hoop baby <laughs> and at one point onion is trying to show that he's not gonna choke and he doesn't need to get kicked off the team and they're like in a diner so he takes a cup and he's trying to shoot for the basketball and uh accidentally or sh- shoot for the basketball he's trying to shoot for the trash can and uh It accidentally lands in a bowl of soup, (laughs) into which a cracker jumps and says, nothing but soup, baby. I don't know why I found that so funny.
0: (laughs) Uh, Onion was really a bad shot. He really
1: was. (laughs) (laughs) They also went onto the subway at one point to try and, like, Give him another opportunity to shoot in front of a crowd, and the subway I know was what you're
0: gonna say. jostling around.
1: <laughs> and there was this jello mold sitting next to a marshmallow, and the train jostled, and the marshmallow got like subsumed by the jello roll.
0: Oh, and you can see it in there, and the jello's just kind of like, sorry. <laughs>
1: Oh, so great.
0: (laughs) I think that was the best part of the whole show.
1: What did you think of this one?
0: (laughs) I thought it was good. As someone who has a little performance anxiety of my own, I thought, I think that like meditative breathing is not entirely the way to solve it. But I, I thought it was a good episode. I thought it was – there were a lot of cute things about it. I really I really felt for these characters, like, in the pilot and in this one. Like, I really got emotionally invested in it. And I – usually when we're watching a kid's show, I'm just watching it for the podcast. But this one, like, I got kind of stressed out about for Onion I really wanted him to succeed so that was surprising to me I didn't expect to feel anything
1: especially given how little time we'd spent with them at this point I mean two episodes is like 22 minutes of television and they managed to give these two like charmingly naive foods quite a bit of nuance
0: yeah and the arc of the episodes and the pacing is really
1: good they do a really good
0: job of, like, ugh, getting, like, a problem that just seems unsolvable <sighs> and creating that, like, dramatic tension.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to episode 10. Again, as I was – oh, this one was called Block Party. And again, as I was writing it out, my summary ended up being really long. So I'm going to try to just wing it. Okay. <clears throat> so Apple and Onion are hosting a block party for their – block and they're super excited because they wrote a new song on their laptop computer and they're going to celebrate by eating a huge ice cream cake but they need spoons so they have to leave their apartment and that's when we find out that their apartment has been being threatened by a vicious duck that (laughs) that lives right outside their door and like won't let them come or go safely. So they manage to go, they get the spoons, they want to go back to eat the ice cream cake, and the duck won't let them come back, and the realization that the ice cream cake is going to melt all over the laptop and, like, short out their song, is like, crushing to them. They think it's going to ruin the block party. So the episode is pretty much them trying everything they can to get back into their apartment, to get over the duck, around the duck, to trick the duck... And eventually they discover that the duck has ducklings and that's why she's been being so protective of her space. So they have the option to like run into the apartment and save the laptop or save the ducklings who are wandering towards the edge of the roof. And they opt to save the ducklings because they're good people. And they, so they lose their song But at the end, they end up having a successful block party anyway, because all their neighbors uh, contribute to help them recreate the song live. And everyone has a lot of fun. And now the duck is their friend. (laughs) Good. For me, the standout moment of this episode was when the duck took a bite out of Apple's head. And he needed to, like, stand in some soil and pour water on himself to grow that part of his head back.
0: And then it's just like... (laughs) bloops Yep. back. It was a tiny moment. I was wondering what they were going to do with that entry.
1: (laughs) So not exactly realistic, but then when you step back to be like, wait a minute, these are walking and talking pieces of food. I should not criticize this. (laughs) Right, right, right. So what did Um, you think of episode 10?
0: So this is the second episode that we watched that had them eating ice cream. And it's just Kind of a weird thing to have food eating food.
1: That's a good point. Because we did see ice cream that was a person in episode yeah. six. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
0: It's kind of... I don't want to think too hard about it, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was a good episode. Again, with the dramatic tension, like they kept showing... Like they showed the scenario of the ice cream cake melting onto the keyboard and what that would look like. And then while they're stuck up on the roof trying to get past the duck, they show like the real time leaning ice cream cake and like a drip is almost falling on the keyboard. And like every time they show it, I
1: was like, no, It is you as tense as, like, there. the constant shot of the bomb timer in an action movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, like, the ticking sound on 24. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I love ice cream cake, so it was possibly worse than that for me.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. I thought it was a good episode. I thought it was, um, there were some really clever moments, like, that duck was
1: funny. Yeah. Um, and we got to meet their neighbors, which episode 10 was the final episode of the season, right? Yes. Yep. So I'm sure there were other moments in earlier episodes where we uh, explored their, the characters of the neighbors a little bit more fully. And watching this episode actually made me want to go back and be like, oh, I'd like to see a little bit more about the lollipop or beef jerky. <laughs> Yes, beef jerky. They're silly. (laughs) (laughs) Then they just flush themselves down the toilet. (laughs) Yeah, it's
0: it's absurd. The show's absurd. But kind of great. Oh, it totally worked for me. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the plots, like moving to the city, finding your place the buddy comedy aspect those are like well-worn tropes but to me I thought it was done in a super original way
1: agreed so it felt
0: fresh to me
1: it made me think immediately of the Mary Tyler Moore show (laughs) oh yeah 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 and then more recently my favorite one about moving to the big city and finding your place obviously the television show Felicity oh yeah right right (laughs) Um, But it always bugs me in these shows about people moving to the the city or really people moving to a new town, period. It always, always bugs me at how easily they find friends because I move around a lot and I find that to be the worst part about moving is like meeting new people and trying to solidify friendships. And I know it's television and movies like they have to move along with the plot, but Mm -hmm. it just irks me so much.
0: Yeah, even it's poor,
1: unrealistic. Even poor Onion, who, like, boards the bus, and it's very clear that his uh, uh, his parents are his only friends. <laughs> even he makes friends really quickly. I guess I was just jealous.
0: Yeah, this is more like, like they're not going to school, but to me they seem like college age, and... In college, it is pretty easy. Like you move in, you have a roommate, you either get along or you don't. And so when you're living in like those close quarters, it's easier to make friends or to have common experiences that make you feel like they're your friends.
1: (laughs) Until sophomore year when you move on to your real friends. (laughs) Oh, no, except you're still besties with your yeah, freshman roommate. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Amy,
0: it worked out. It worked out. Amy and I still hang out. She's <laughs> a guest on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I stand corrected. Making friends is super easy.
0: <laughs> um. I mean, I think Apple and Onion are pretty young, so I guess I'll give them that. Yeah. So... Do we think that this falls into the category of cartoons that are not really intended for kids? Like, it's okay for kids to watch them, but, like, the intended
1: audience is actually adults? Is that why we liked it so much? I wondered about that, too, because I just think I have this mental block about Cartoon Network as a whole. Yeah. And I know that it probably only applies to, like, their so-called Adult Swim segments or programming block Mm -hmm. but I have this image of them as a whole as a network that makes cartoons primarily for grown-ups I have
0: that bias too um, but I think this is I think this is for general audiences I think it can be enjoyed by everybody because it's not risque uh at all it's not like an archer
1: so, my question is, how do you like weed through their content and determine which ones would do this? Because I don't feel like there's an obvious way that they separate out.
0: I know. At, sometimes I think time of day is an indicator of when it airs, which is a ludicrous thing to say in the era of streaming. Right. Whatever right. you want, anytime you want it. Because it didn't even occur the... to me. <laughs> <laughs> 'Cause it used to be like Cartoon Network like would air the riskier stuff and like Family Guy and Simpsons like those were on in the evening. Right. And they weren't like on when Muppet Babies was on in the morning.
1: Right, right. I guess I've been so conditioned by streaming and by the siloing of networks. That I'm just mm-hmm. used to like one kind of content being on all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yep. yeah. Since this is on a cable network, I I think that could be an indicator.
1: I don't know, but it defi- know. but it definitely walked a really good line. I felt kind of bad that I didn't that I wasn't watching it with Jay just because it didn't work out timing wise. Um, but I would love it if he loved this show because Mm -hmm. I am an Anglophile and I love their adorable accents and I just thought it was really, the plots were really tight and well put together and like you said, they taught a lesson without being cloying, which Mm -hmm. I don't know what other kids show I can say that about. Mm -hmm.
0: And there was a lot of just funny stuff. We talked about a lot of it, um. But just the impossibility of f- food as <laughs> human being. Uh, I enjoy- I enjoyed all of the absurdity.
1: And I feel like it comes up a lot, like how you teach kids what funny is. And mm-hmm. I would be perfectly happy for this to be like a good early example of what funny is.
0: Yeah, it was um, Susian, I thought.
1: I don't know that At I've times. ever heard that word not used as insouciant This is like a whelmed overwhelmed situation.
0: <laughs> oh no, like uh like Dr. Susian.
1: Oh Sussian. Okay. That makes In more terms sense. of
0: like Dr. Sussian. <laughs> Cause it's just so ridiculous that you yeah. have to like the marshmallow getting swallowed
1: up by the jello. The best. <laughs> I have never made a jello mold before, but now I kind of want to. Especially, I've never made one with marshmallows. I think you
0: should do it. Yeah, you can use a bun can.
1: And I have one, and it's super decorative. Maybe I'll do that and post it on our Facebook feed. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all those little marshmallows in there. <laughs> Did you have any thoughts specific to the voice cast?
0: I liked them all. I didn't really recognize any of the voices. I liked the accents. Um, I thought they were good.
1: I really love the idea of the creator being one of the voices on the show. I just love it mm-hmm. when people take like, total ownership of their of their projects. And mm-hmm. to me, it just shows how invested they are in the concept. And and I thought Apple was great. It wasn't like he was just like a crappy voice actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I also looked at the IMDb page, and again, there are a lot of funny people on the voice side of the house. Um, <clears throat> and the guy who played Onion, I'm going to butcher the heck out of his name Richard Ayoade? Ayoade, I think. Ayoade? Ayoade. Okay. Richard Ayoade. I knew from the have- show uh, The IT Crowd, which is one of those like. British comedies that you can find streaming on Netflix.
0: <laughs> wow. Look at you.
1: <laughs> well, I originally found it because his co-star on that show is Chris O'Dowd, who I like quite oh, a bit. okay. Yeah. Um, so I recognized his voice right away and was happy to hear from him.
0: Um, what do you think of the animation style?
1: I really liked that with the absurdity of the food as characters, they kept everything else feeling fairly real. Right. Like there was room to play and stretch in this world, but it was recognizably a proxy for New York City. Mm -hmm. Um, It all looked pretty straightforward, and I thought that was a good counterpoint to the funniness of the characters. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, very cute. So you mentioned a couple of shows that... Well, at least that pilot
1: episode compared to, mm-hmm. did you come up with anything else? There was one that I think right, f- right from the jump, I was like, oh, this is like the cartoon version of Flight of the Concords. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I have too. <laughs> two for two. We were matching last week too, weren't we?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's like, they're so hapless. Uh-huh. They
1: have the really cute accents.
0: I mean, Flight of the Concords are from New Zealand, right? Yes. But just not American accents. <laughs> yeah. Let's just lump all of those together. Oh, um, uh, they're so clueless. They have the funny little
1: songs. Yeah, I. Yeah, obvious comparison. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was an easy one. Definitely, like two naive guys who think they're making it in the big city, but they're really not making it in the big city. But bless them. <laughs> They are just cute as buttons. Um, speaking of the music, did you have any thoughts on the the little ditties that they sang? You can't even really call them songs because they were just like usually single lines of music.
0: It was kind of reminiscent of Daniel Tiger. You know how Daniel Tiger sings mm. like it's supposed to be like an earworm that kids and parents can use. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, I've definitely uh, been humming/slash uh, singing "Take it one step at a time, and you'll find your way" a lot. <laughs>
0: yeah. Flush and wash, and be on your way. <laughs> I don't remember the tune to that one, but we sang oh, that. Crazy. Oh, I
1: do. <laughs> your kids are too right far away really. from potty training to remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you cast the gritty HBO reboot?
0: I would like to see I mean it's I couldn't really get past like the buddy comedy like I feel like um the gals on broad city or like key and peel mm-hmm. um that comedy duo where the one really tiny woman plays like the guitar oh yeah oh, yeah um So I was thinking, what if we gathered up all of those guys (laughs) and put them in like those costumes that you can get at Target, like slice of pizza, taco, (laughs) bananas, (laughs) and shouted some improv words at them. I would watch that.
1: I think our heads were definitely in the same place. (laughs) Because I thought back to when we talked about ducktails and I said I just wanted them to, like, be regular actors with, like, yeah. the ducktails the little duck butts. Um, and I wanted the same thing for this. Like, just dressed in, like you said, Target-style food costumes, but playing it totally straight. Like, they're not playing it like they're in ridiculous food costumes. You are the banana. You yeah, are the would taco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, was it better when we were kids? And I'm going to say, I'm going to answer my own question. No, there were VeggieTales. Yeah. And no, this is not, VeggieTales is not, nothing compared to this.
1: And the crux of it is, like we said earlier, this teaches lessons about friendship, about self-confidence, about overcoming obstacles in a non-cloying way that is actually funny and doesn't like talk down to the audience mm-hmm. and w- that just wasn't there it wasn't there for us right no it wasn't
0: so I would watch this voluntarily Heck for yeah. sure
1: yeah agree about you yes definitely <laughs> it's a winner
0: yeah do
1: we need to and- do t- sorry
0: Oh, you already said that you would like to watch it with
1: Jay, and I watched it by myself
0: also, and I think that my kids would really like it.
1: I'm definitely going to introduce it to them. According to Wikipedia, they're making a second season, which makes me happy. Yay. I mean, who knows how reliable Wikipedia is, but I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to start ratings, or do you want me to? I would give it a five. I think it was great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a right up there with Mary Ellen, 1955. I think that was the name we were searching for last week.
0: <laughs> for sure. For sure.
1: <laughs> so definitely of, of a piece with our other five stars. Yeah, this was a really nice pick. So thank you, Common Sense Media, for steering us in the right direction, I guess. Thanks for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook to continue the conversation at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. That is also where you'll find out what we're covering in our next episode. If you want to watch along with us, that is when I can get my act together enough to post our upcoming episodes. It's about a 50-50 split, guys. I'm not going to lie. You can tweet us with show or movie suggestions or general comments at at myscreentime2. You can email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by Deborah and her adorable children. And our podcast is produced by me, Katie. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. Bye. Screentime. Bye. Screen time, to Sorry, I'm going to cough again. <laughs> I'm dying a little. You should make that the <laughs> 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 <on> that intro. <laughs> we'll just put that as the little sting on the end. Katie's dying a little. <laughs>